Hello, I'm Mercedes. And I'm Tash, and you're listening to Chat Disney Episode 2. Welcome back to this week's podcast. Hello, welcome. So as we let you guys know last week, this week we are going to be chatting all about the original Disneyland, Disneyland in California. If you follow us on Twitter or Instagram, you may know that Mercedes has just arrived back um, from a trip in California. I'm personally very excited to talk to her. This is actually the first time I've seen her since she's been back. So I don't know anything about her experience of Disneyland California yet, so I'm very keen to find out and see how it compares to mine. As I mentioned last week, I always think of California as my park. I love that park. So I'm very excited to see how you took it. Yeah, we purposely haven't discussed a thing so that we can give you a really authentic, fresh and kind of raw um, take on our conversations about California. So that is what this episode has in store for you. We will also be finishing the episode off with our new segment, Modo where Tash and I will be quizzing each other on our Disney knowledge. But before we head into that, let's get started with what's been happening this week. So Mercedes, what's been happening this week in the world of Disney? So in the world of Disney this week, for me at least, um, Captain Marvel came out a couple of weeks ago in the UK and I was able to see that on my return from California this week at the cinema. Captain Marvel, again, as sort of mentioned last week, Marvel is a bit of an unknown territory for me. Um, I'm not that into it, really. I have tried. Do you know anything about Captain Marvel? I know with Captain Marvel, this is the new one and it's with a female. Yes, so Captain Marvel is a woman. Yeah. um, And the Avengers movie that came out last year um, was kind of left on a bit of a cliffhanger. Lots of our Avenger heroes, spoiler alert, have unfortunately been kind of disappeared disintegrated by Thanos who now has all of the infinity stones um so we were left on a bit of a cliffhanger what was going to happen and then for those of you guys that stayed in the cinema to see the final clip you will see that agent Nick Fury dialed Captain Marvel uh, on his pager before he too was disintegrated so that's kind of where we're at everybody knows that Captain Marvel is going to be in the final Avengers movie to come and save the day so this was almost like the prequel to the final Avengers movie right I see I might have missed something here so I I'm a bit confused by Captain Marvel so is Captain Marvel Captain Marvel was a no it is always a woman I'm getting confused with something else um are you thinking of Captain America maybe yeah so okay Cap- yeah so Captain <laughs> this shows how little I know about That's, Marvel it's <laughs> not an issue at all um so yeah so Captain Marvel um was from the Stan Lee Marvel comics but she's never right. been depicted in film before I see it's the first time ever which is yeah. why lots of uh, Marvel fans are super super excited obviously it's a woman which is amazing um and there's lots of really strong female characters in the movie which I loved um besides Captain Marvel as her herself um the directors and the guys that have kind of put this together as well have definitely taken some inspiration from guardians of the galaxy and that there's a lot of contemporary music in there okay so the majority of the movie is set in la in the 90s yeah so you've got nirvana no doubt Uh. it's it's quite cool i i really liked it um i would say if you're not a huge marvel fan you're not that into the avengers and things probably one you can wait until it comes out on dvd but for me it was a good movie had a good narrative she's a great character and i'm really excited to see what she brings to the avengers later on this year noted 
Also this week, there's been the announcement that Frozen the Musical will be coming to the West End, which Yay! I personally cannot wait for. Um, have you got any thoughts on this, Mercedes? Yeah, I'm, I'm ecstatic. Um, obviously, this week we're talking all about California predominantly, and I was able to watch the Frozen live show. Oh, yes, I want to ask you yeah, about that. Yeah, in California Adventure, and that was great. So I'm, that's just given me a little bit of a flavour of things to come. Um, yeah, I think, you know, we've, we've already got some fantastic Disney musicals to choose from in the West End. We've yeah. got The Lion King, Aladdin. So uh, I think Mary Poppins is coming back as well. Mary Poppins is coming yeah. back. So we're yeah. spoiled for choice this year. We really are yeah. really excited about Frozen. Um, other things this week, um, I touched upon Guardians of the Galaxy briefly when I was talking about Captain Marvel. Um, it has been announced that James Gunn, the director of the first two Guardians films, will be on board for Guardians 3. Um, so Tash, you're probably a little bit clueless about this, I would imagine. Uh, yes. <laughs> okay, so very very quickly um, I'm sure lots of you guys are fully aware of this James Gunn uh, fantastic director produced two incredible Guardians of the Galaxy movies um, unfortunately it was announced that he wouldn't be working on the third movie due to some controversial um, and slightly inappropriate tweets that he had posted in the past they had kind of resurfaced and lots of people at the Walt Disney Company weren't happy to be associated with him on this movie um, I don't know the ins and outs of it but I do know that he is now on board for the third movie so I can only assume that they've kind of put all of that to rest and um i'm excited about it because you know regardless of his views or whatever he is a great director and i'm really looking forward to the third guardians movie great that will be uh one for me to probably miss again <laughs> <laughs> i will try i have tried with gardens guardians of the galaxy it's just just can't get into it but anyway um that's another story for another day um, other big things, as I'm sure you're all aware, that has happened this week is the Disney Fox merger was finally completed on, I believe, late Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning. Um, so this now basically means that Disney has Fox, so they own a ton more movies, shows, um, they have a controlling share in Hulu, TV studios, TV networks, and I think there's a lot of questions at the moment over exactly what this means. Obviously now Disney have a huge control in sort of the movie market share there's sort of six main studios which i think now is down to about five with the merger and um, there's a lot of talk about people losing jobs and being made redundant and um a lot of questions sort of over variety and um competition in the movie place because disney now owns everything so what's gonna happen who knows how do you feel about that in terms of parks because i know when we spoke last episode you kind of and, and we've just spoken about marvel yeah. if you start seeing like bugs bunny wait that's warner brothers who's 20th century fox so fox is things like anastasia the simpsons okay. fox um loads of things titanic avatar okay. um obviously avatar is already in florida but um yeah i think you raise a very good question it kind of depends how far they push it i mean for me as we said, said, I don't really like seeing Marvel in Disney. It just seems a bit out of place for me. So if I were to go to Disneyland and I see Homer, Homer Simpson <laughs> strolling around, um, yeah, I'm definitely not on board with that. But then I kind of feel like maybe they're not going to push it to that extreme because I feel like there will be so many complaints about that. So 
I think this is one that it's a bit of a stay tuned watch this space to see what happens definitely and we're going to have that same problem again that we've we've seen with um, Walt Disney World in Orlando where they're not able to actually use the rights for some of their characters because yeah. they're already in Universal so the Simpsons have already got quite a big premise in Universal Studios in Hollywood and right. also in Orlando so it'll be interesting to see what Disney do with that for sure Okay, lovely. So that's kind of a little bit about what's been happening in the world of Disney this week. We're now going to move swiftly on to talking about California. Yeah, let's get into the episode. Okay, so Mercedes, I thought how we'd do this is I've got a list of questions uh, that I'm going to ask you, things that I'm just dying to know um, compared to my experience. So my experience with Disneyland is... Um, I first went there in 2000 with my family, went three or four more times with my family, and then I last went in 2015 with my now husband. So um, kind of very different experiences. I think I touched upon last week that my husband is not a massive Disney fan, so going to Disneyland with someone who is not an ultra Disney fan is a different experience. I'm sure those of you listening um, who have done the same can agree there's not quite the same element of magic there as someone who's a bit more realistic about things um and i know you'll agree with this as well so i'm gonna ask you a lot about this yes definitely um okay so my first question is where did you stay so we stayed off site um during our visit to disneyland in anaheim um there are three disneyland hotels to choose from if you are going to california um but it should be noted they are quite pricey and from what i could tell the only real benefit was proximity and i think we um touched upon this before maybe Tash and I have chatted about it I can't remember if it was on episode one or not um but the main difference really between Disneyland and any of the newer parks that have come about is the fact that because it was kind of the guinea pig if you like um they didn't purchase a ton of land around it it is situated right in the heart of Anaheim so you cross the street there's a Denny's diner which means that if you are staying in a motel or a hotel in the area even if you're not on site you have a very very short walk so I think I actually timed our walk because I'm mm. quite sad like that and um, it was a 12 minute walk I could actually see the Guardians of the Galaxy attraction from my room so we were super wow. super close great. Um, yeah there's some great hotels as well I mean whenever I when I've never stayed on site as well we used to stay at this lovely hotel called the Carousel which is literally opposite just along the road from that Denny's um, I believe it's not there anymore I think it got bought up by Disneyland and they now use it as storage I could be wrong on that <laughs> um, but yeah it's a shame that it's not there anymore but I would say that that is a great bit of advice for yeah. people going to Disneyland who want to save a bit of money I don't think you necessarily have to stay Agreed. on site you can yeah. still be close to it's the not, park it's not a drive away and no. even the car park you have to get a shuttle to the car park again because I just yeah. don't have the land so if you are doing a fly drive style holiday and Disneyland's on your agenda while you're in California definitely consider staying at a motel that's like five ten minutes away from the parks definitely definitely okay so how I'm picturing this is I'm picturing it in my head as I'm doing an imaginative walk into Disney from where the hotels are okay so you come in and you have Disneyland on your right and California Adventure on your left yeah. and then if you go straight ahead of you you have downtown Disney you do um what did you think of downtown Disney 
Well, that was quite weird, actually, because for me, um, having visited Disney Town in Shanghai, Disney Springs in Orlando and Disney Village in Disneyland Paris, the consistency with those three parks is that you have to walk through downtown Disney to get to the parks. Right, yeah. So coming in, as you've just explained, through the entrance where it's literally just a gate that says yeah. Disneyland and then you've got your two parks either side and downtown Disney ahead of you. Mm-hmm. That was quite strange. Obviously, if you're staying in a Disney hotel, they're the other side of downtown Disney. So you do get that nice yeah. walk through. Um, so that was something that was a bit different. I actually really liked downtown Disney. I love downtown Disney. It was small um maybe i don't know a quarter of the size of disney springs if you've been to orlando probably quite similar in size to disney village a little bit smaller i would say but it just had such an atmosphere mm-hmm. um it was really lovely i mean the last day of our trip we um just hung out at, at downtown disney and had a really lovely afternoon um but yeah i i would say it had a really lovely atmosphere is small but um really nice place to be and to spend some time get some food and shop great lovely yeah i love downtown disney it always reminds me of that first day when you arrive to disneyland sort of in the afternoon and you're not going in the park till the next day yes. so you go to downtown disney in the evening yeah, and we- you start to get that excitement you go in the world of disney store um yeah i we did that too that. actually the world of disney it's really good that you touched upon that because I would have forgotten. It's so well merchandised. Yeah. Um, it, it was, I mean, admittedly, we did go in the afternoon, as you've just explained, the day before we went mm. into the parks, but it was so well organised and everything was in its designated sections. I think the world of Disney, certainly in Paris, can be very overwhelming, especially if you visit kind of when park the park's closed and you go in and it's just ransacked with people. Um, that was one thing I noticed with the world of Disney in California. It was very well organised. Uh, and merchandised and it was a nice experience to shop in there lovely okay so let's talk about disneyland first of all okay so first thoughts you walk into the park what are your first thoughts walk down main street usa and think what the hell is that construction (laughs) where the castle should be um if you have if you don't know what mercedes is talking about then i suggest you go on instagram and type in Disneyland California or anything with a Disneyland hashtag and try and find a picture of the castle because it's just it's it's just hilarious yeah you, well, you probably won't find a picture of the castle actually because I think there people, are very few people on Instagram are being quite selective about where they take yeah. their photos at the moment if you happen to stumble across uh, a pos across my Instagram which is at Mercedes Lois uh, I do have a humorous picture of myself with the castle um, because I had to get the castle shot, whatever state it was in. So essentially what's been happening is that the roof was quite severely damaged in Disneyland due to the decorations that were added to it in the 60th anniversary um, a few years back. And now is the time really that they've had to kind of fix that. They were hoping it would be ready by now, but because of the extreme weather conditions in the US, there has been a bit of a delay. And I think they're talking about May now for it to be up and running again. So I was met with scaffolding essentially um but no i i walked in and i just i it sounds really really cheesy and like i'm just saying it but i straight away walking down main street usa just felt like oh, was here really and I, yeah That's and i felt really emotional yeah and i was with chris and as you've said when you visit with your husband i feel so weird saying husband <laughs> when you visit with benji yeah um you are you still have an amazing time but 
I, I think we've we've spoken about this before yeah. in episode one. When you're with a fellow Disney person, you bounce off each other and you have that energy. The experience is very yeah, different. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm kind of there like, oh my God, Walt's touched this lamppost and he's walked <laughs> down these cobbles. And Chris is like, yeah. He just, yeah, doesn't, you know, okay, great. I'm glad you're having a nice time. Um, so yeah, I definitely felt that kind of energy. It does. It sounds like I'm talking a load of nonsense, but honestly, I did. I really, really, I don't know. Every single thing that was placed, every bench, every tree, every building, it just felt so special because I knew it had been carefully considered by him. Yeah, and that it had been run past him, and that he uh-huh. signed it off. So the, the just kind of the feel of the place was different to say when you've been to Paris and Florida, Shanghai. Yeah, I mean, I think the entire Disneyland Resort has got a totally different vibe from any other yeah. theme park I've ever been to because it doesn't feel like a theme park. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like a community. And I think um, if you've been on my Disney blog, when I interviewed my friend Dan, he kind of expressed this to me about when he went to Disneyland as well. There's a lot of annual pass holders there. Yes. And when I say a lot... I probably over 50% of the people that are there are annual pass holders so much so that every time you buy something whether it's a really expensive spirit jersey or a pair of mini ears Mm -hmm. or even just a diet coke you get asked are you an annual pass holder because the majority of people visiting there Mm -hmm. are so that immediately gives it a different feel because you've not got people scrambling around trying to watch parades and trying to get fast passes there are also people that are there for the afternoon to have some beignets and a cocktail yeah and there's people that have come for brunch that are you know it's it's really laid back yeah um which california um obviously during my trip i didn't just visit anaheim i I did a big tour of of california and i would say that's actually something that's kind of consistent with the entire state it's a very laid back chilled kind of vibe that you get from the majority of the people that you encounter and that vibe is certainly carried forward through the park as well so yeah it's totally got a different feel it doesn't it doesn't feel like a theme park to me it did just feel like i was visiting this community um that Walt Disney had built and you know his legacy sure I think because it's smaller as well it kind of has that real cozy feel to it I don't know yeah cozy cozy is a good word like not to use that negatively it's it's it feels homely yeah even though I've never been there I agree I agree yeah okay so in terms of rides highlights and any sort of disappointments or things that you weren't you know expecting sort of a lot of and they didn't live up to your expectations so is this disneyland disneyland okay so um probably my favorite ride at disneyland and it's one that i have done before was star tours um if you've been on star tours at any other disney park it's exactly the same um it was the updated version that includes the force awakens and the last jedi scenes um we rode that about four times because we kept getting the really awful prequel scenes of the pub racing and the Jar Jar Binks characters <laughs> under the sea and Chris and I were unsatisfied I wanted to see Finn Dameron uh, Finn Dameron Finn and Poe Dameron um, there's a new character coming Finn Dameron um, and I wanted to see like the cool scene from Last Jedi where you've got the red stuff kind of flying out yeah. of the snow I wanted to have that full kind of new experience so yeah we went on that four times so that i could have that so that was great so the key there is if you want to have a good ride persistence is key (laughs) yeah so i i got quite angry actually i got quite agitated i went up to this cast member after and i was like right i've been on this three times and i keep getting these prequel scenes what is going on and he went oh he was like honestly it is random it's just bad luck he was like go on give it one more shot it was midnight um the park was just about to close we'd watched phantasmic and everything we were wrapping up our evening and chris and i were like 
come on it's our last day let's just go and we've got the new stuff so yeah keep going on it um there's the the way that the ride is constructed there basically you get three scenes shown to you and there are four of each of the three scenes so if you want to do the maths great you can let me know what that is because maths is not my forte (laughs) um but essentially um it's like because of the three different scenes i think one of each one is modern so essentially it's like a one in four chance yeah cool and any sort of disappointments with rides anything you were sort of really looking forward to and it didn't live up to your expectations so the rides that i um were really really looking forward to were all of the originals so um obviously you've got some rides that were there on opening day but then also there are rides that weren't there on opening day that walt disney was still instrumental in creating such as the matterhorn pirates of the caribbean haunted mansion Mm -hmm. space mountain um so these are rides that i have been on before in other parks but i was really really excited to go on the originals yeah unfortunately because they are the originals you can tell yeah they are quite dated Mm -hmm. i think it's really important when you're on something like pirates of the caribbean you don't lose sight of the fact that this was made in the 60s and in the 60s they had this incredible technology this animatronic technology and how innovative that was it is very difficult to lose sight of that when you go on it and you're like well this isn't like harry potter at universal studios definitely and especially because you've been on the one in shanghai as well which is completely different the technology on that is unbelievable yeah and i suppose if you're comparing it to that i mean that you can't compare them no they're different rides i mean the 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 parts of the caribbean i'm sure we'll talk about this a lot in our shanghai episode that we've got coming up in a couple of weeks but that's my favorite disney attraction of any park of anywhere and it, it you know that was made in 2000 16 this was made in 1960 exactly you can't compare them um it's been left in its kind of original um entirety you know to to honor wall it has got a few adaptations i think barbosa was in it um there's a little bit where you've got the hans zimmer soundtrack as well which i appreciated because i love that music so they have tried to modernize it a little bit but it it very much stays true to walt's original vision um obviously the big thing that they've changed is the um the redhead scene yes um yeah so she is now kind of pillaging herself and um, instead of we want the redhead the pirates now shout we want rum oh really they do um which i'm going to be a little bit controversial and say you know obviously i'm a feminist i'm all for women's rights and you know showing um a woman being sold to a load of pillaging pirates probably isn't a good message to send to young girls but on the flip side of that it kind of comes back to what we were talking about last episode about judging um historical things by today's expectations and walt disney didn't make that ride or come up with the idea for that ride in the 60s thinking that that was acceptable no it was meant to depict old pirate times yeah and that's what happened yes I agree. So I don't understand. It's historical. I know it's fantasy. And as I say, you know, it's great now that she's this empowered woman. And I still enjoy the scene. It's nice that more has been made of her. But it's not true to the time. No. Yeah. No, I I do agree with what you're saying. So I don't don't see the issue. Obviously, if they were coming up with a historical ride now, they probably wouldn't include tied up women being sold. But um, yeah, I Um, I didn't have an issue with that scene. So I didn't really feel it needed an update. But the update... Is, you know it serves a purpose so similar in a similar vein did you kind of find that with any other rides um at disneyland california with the original so things like space mountain um big thunder mountain splash mountain did you find that they 
also felt a bit dated. Splash Mountain, um, I haven't been on since 2012 in Florida, so perhaps my memory is not serving me 100%, but from what I could tell, they were exactly the same attraction, yeah. so that was all good. Big Thunder Mountain is very comparable to the Big Thunder Mountain in Disneyland Paris, I would say. Um, it was same kind of thrills. You still get that really cool bit where you kind of go under the river yeah. to get to the mountains. So I really, really enjoyed Big Thunder Mountain. Haunted Mansion um, was an interesting one. It was a lot shorter than I think the one in Florida. Again, as I say, it's been a while. Um, yeah. It was certainly shorter than Phantom Manor in Disneyland Paris, um, but still, again, really good. They have modernized it. There's a few scenes where they use um, holograms, and not the holograms in the ballrooms, obviously they're original, but um, some more kind of digital holograms and things like that, just yeah. to bring it up to speed, which I think benefited the attraction. Space Mountain was a very frantic coaster. In what way do you mean? In that it's old. Yeah. <laughs> and it threw you about and it was very uncomfortable. Um, the best space mountain I've ever been on by absolute miles is in Disneyland Paris. But yeah. it was built in the 90s. So, of course, you know, it's a proper coaster. It's yeah, got inversions, sure. corkscrews. It's, you know, it's, you can't really treat them as the same mm. attraction. Um, so, yeah, I was a bit disappointed with Space Mountain. The Matterhorn was something I was really excited about riding because, obviously, again, it's an original attraction that yeah. Disney devised and we don't have it anywhere else. That was always my favourite ride when I was younger. Wow. <laughs> uh, again, very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, you sit, the idea is that it's like a bobsled, so you sit single file um, behind each other and my boyfriend bless him he's not that tall he's he's not short but no. he's not like really really tall um and his legs couldn't quite fit in he was very uncomfortable um yeah yeah i do <laughs> i do remember when i went with benji in 2015 thinking that now i'm bigger it's yeah. not as comfortable it's not a comfortable experience i really remember thinking that it wasn't the most comfortable no. i mean you've got to go on it of course you have like especially if you are yeah. a you know a, a real disney fan and you're interested in the history and the authenticity of what, what Walt Disney set out to do um, because it's one of his original attractions but you know once is fine yeah it's a nighttime <laughs> ride I think that one it's oh always, okay yeah I've never been on it in the day it's ah. always a nighttime ride I don't know it just it feels like it should be done in the dark see I did it in the day maybe that's where I went wrong maybe maybe okay so we've sort of talked about your um, favorite rides and things in the park let's do a little bit i mean i've got more questions to sort of ask you about california but let's talk a little bit about california adventure um so what were your first thoughts of california adventure so my first thoughts of california adventure we actually did that on the first day okay so i normally whenever i'm going to a new disney park or any disney park around the world a disney resort i always start with your disneyland magic yeah, kingdom style park always mm. the reason i didn't this time around and this is actually quite interesting for those of you that haven't been to california before because of the fact that um disneyland is situated as i say right in the heart of anaheim and there's a lot of residencies around there and, and businesses and things like that they have certain laws about when and when they can't have fireworks 
So because of that, um, lots of the fireworks spectacles are only on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Yes, so because of that, we were arriving on Thursday and obviously I really wanted to see Fantasmic and Mickey's Mixed Magic uh-huh. and they weren't on on Thursday. Yeah. So that made no sense. World of Colour was still on because that doesn't use any kind of pyrotechnics. Um, so it just made sense for us to do the California Adventure Park on the Thursday and then do the main Disneyland Park on the Friday when there were going to be fireworks. Sure. So that's why we did it that right. way around. Makes so sense. yeah, so that was quite weird for me actually. I've never done that Yeah, before. I've not done it that way as no. well either. So yeah, so I walked into California California Adventure obviously no expectations of this park didn't really know anything about it apart from that kind of famous Mickey uh, Ferris wheel that is so synonymous with that park and um, I should say as well that when I arrived it was the food and wine festival Um, I didn't know that they had a food and wine festival in California it's something that has become quite notorious with Epcot um, but they've now brought it to California Adventure as well in recent years and that just gave the place I mean I I don't know if the place has normally got this kind of buzz but there was such an atmosphere so can you talk can you talk a little bit about the food and wine festival so what does it actually entail what's different than if you go sort of on a normal regular day Sure. So um, the Food and Wine Festival, you have little kiosks located around the theme park. So in this instance, in California Adventure, but it's the same in Epcot. And each of the different kiosks has got a theme. So there was one called the Citrus Grove and they did an orange chicken, a lemon macaron and a honey and ginger cocktail as well. Right. Um, Obviously, a huge thing uh, about the food and wine festival mm-hmm. is the alcohol <laughs> is flowing. Yes. So that definitely, um, you know, there is no alcohol served in Disneyland at all. So going to California Adventure and, you know, every kiosk having a different type of beer to choose from certainly cheered my boyfriend up. Um, and <laughs> I yeah, can imagine. Yeah, so that, that was great. So yeah, essentially that's what you do. You go around different kiosks. You do have to pay... For this stuff it's not free um but there's a really and this is a really good tip if, if you do go to a food and wine festival in the future there's um something that was called the uh i think it was the sip and savor pass that could be wrong it was called something like yeah. that um and it was i think it was like 56 dollars, and you got eight foods of your choice with that that's not bad actually it actually worked out really well um the maths that we worked out i can't remember how much it was exactly it was 50 something dollars and we worked out that as long as we were purchasing items that were six dollar fifty or more yeah then we were saving money okay so occasionally like i wanted to try the lemon macaron that was only five dollars so i just paid for that with cash and then when we were coming to eat and we wanted like chicken wings or whatever then we would use our sip and saver yes i think it was called sip and saver that's gonna really bug me i have to (laughs) check that um yeah, so, so that's the way that it's set up. And then there's a really cool um, little device they have as well. It's similar to the um, passport that they have in Epcot that give you a food and wine passport. And cool. each kiosk you go to, you get a stamp. And then when you've been to all of them, you get like a completion stamp, which obviously, you know what I'm like about collecting things. Mm-hmm. I had to have all the stamps. <laughs> so I ate a lot of food <laughs> and alcohol as well whilst I was there. Um, so that definitely gave the park a bit of a buzz um, as, as well. But generally speaking, just the park itself is unlike any other Disney park I've ever been to I really loved it I think I would actually say it's my favorite Disney park ever wow yeah I know that's a bold that's statement. A, it is a bold claim I think the reason being um I didn't know this and I worked it out myself and I was quite proud of myself but I think it's really obvious um I 
was walking around and it was when I saw there was a Boudin sourdough shop yeah and I'd seen those in San Francisco and I know they're a San Francisco Mm -hmm. bakery and then I saw the um I do not know how to pronounce it but the chocolate the Ghirardelli chocolate I'm not sure how you pronounce it and I'd seen that everywhere in San Francisco as well and I'd actually seen their warehouse so I thought oh hang on a second you've got two San Francisco oh hang on there's a water oh right this is meant to be San Francisco Uh so I'd just been there so I could I could tell I then walked over to where you've got like soaring and the Grizzly River Run and you're in this alpine area that's where the Grand Californian Hotel is located as well and it's kind of it it looks like a kind of um, log cabin essentially and there's bears everywhere and I'm thinking oh this looks like Yosemite where I've just been Mm -hmm. then you walk onto your Hollywood section and very quickly I realized that California Adventure was very much a dedication and an homage to California the state yeah and I absolutely loved that and I um actually met an annual one of the many annual pass holders and I got chatting to her and I asked her about it and I said is it meant to be California is that the point and she said she's made a really good point she went yes it is um she said I'm impressed you worked that out because a lot of the things that made it really obvious have gone yeah so for example soaring used to be soaring over California it's now soaring all over the world so I think if that had still been in its original um uh what's the word you know what i mean format format thank you um then i think that connection would have been even more evident um she also mentioned to me that the letters california used to be at the entrance and as soon as she said it i instantly had a vision of you yeah a picture of you standing and i thought (laughs) sitting in the air yeah yeah yeah. and i and she started to explain it and i and i thought yes i've seen this i think they'd gone last time i went because i loved those letters and i think they'd gone when i was in there in two 2015 um but yeah it it did very much used to be like it and I think it was I I agree with what she said I think it used to be very obvious that that was the case um but yeah it's changed so much now I feel like it's becoming more like Pixar land almost a bit Mm. and they're kind of losing a bit of the the California I mean I don't know I haven't been in in five years but when I last went Pixar Pier wasn't there it was Paradise Pier um so yeah, I'm just I'm sort of keen to know what other changes they've they've made and if they are sort of pulling away from yeah that I mean a bit. it does it does feel it's becoming a bit of an overflow park in the same way that Walt Disney Studios in Paris yeah. is like oh we don't have space we'll chuck it in California Adventure and I think that's a real shame um, I think one of the charm charming things um about the park and and what made it unique and why i loved it was was that fact that it was california adventure and it was this dedication to the state yeah and um as i say if i hadn't been on this huge two-week tour of california i'm not even sure i would have made the connection it was purely the sourdough shop and yeah the, the, i think it's ghirardelli i can't remember how, my mind is not working today i apologize um but yeah the chocolate shop and the sourdough shop and they sold clam chowder there yeah and then i thought oh my goodness it's san francisco it's yosemite it's hollywood it's la this is California adventure. It's mm-hmm. California. Oh, that's quite clever. Yeah. And then I loved it even more. Um, but yeah, so um, the changes, you asked what's kind of new. Pixar Pier is obviously the huge one. And um, so unfortunately, I never got the opportunity to visit when it was Paradise Pier. Um, but from what I can tell, most of the attractions are the same. They've just been reskinned or, or kind of rebranded. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you. So things like the Incredicoaster, when I last went, that was California Screaming. So how have they made that 
into the Incredibles or have they just slapped a new name on it? They have done it very well, I think. Um, I don't think that you would be uh, upset with the way they've done it. I think that they've done it justice. So you're queuing, um, you've got lots of kind of TV screens giving you a bit of an overview as to who the Incredibles are, I guess, Mm -hmm. for the benefit of guests that haven't watched the movies. Um, I believe this came out just before or just after the Incredibles 2 was released. So it's definitely got more of an Incredibles 2 focus, which makes it super contemporary, which I think is good. Um, the premise essentially is that Jack Jack is on the loose and they're trying to chase him. Oh, okay. It's really Didn't clever. It's really clever. So you've got Edna at the beginning, um, who's meant to be babysitting Jack Jack. She's lost him yeah. somewhere. Dash is like, come on guys, let's get him. Three, two, one, let's go. That's uh-huh. your launch. Really, really clever. You go through the first tube, um, the the kind of there's these tubes on the coaster if you've never seen a picture of it, like tunnels. And the first one you go through, Mr. Incredible's in there with the num num cookies. Oh, like, that's cool. Oh, Jack Jack yeah. cookie, whatever. You've got speakers in your um your chair oh okay i don't know if that's new um that that yeah that is new i think so you have that really cool like like the music that's playing it's a really cool coaster it's probably one of my favorite rides there actually um the second tube you've got elastigirl stretched around it inside trying to get the baby um yeah it's really cool violet does a force field the baby erupts in fire and then eventually you catch the baby that's the end of the ride i see it's really well done that does really well sound done. very well done yeah. nice yeah it's good um, and what other um, changes sort of have there been to Pixar Pier I mean I, I say changes I know you haven't been to the it sort of before when it was still Paradise mm-hmm. Pier but um, from sort of your knowledge is there anything now that sort of specifically makes it Pixar Pier is it just that they've changed names and things the big one I think is the wheel yeah um, so obviously they've left Mickey's face on it which I think is Thank so God. important <laughs> I know I remember when, like yeah when they first announced it I was so upset that they were going to change that but then I, I think it was a very wise decision. I'm so glad. But what they've done, I think, works quite nicely is each of the different carriages that are on the Ferris wheel are dedicated to a different Pixar character. Okay. So there's a Dory carriage, there's a Merida yeah. one, um, there's a Wally one, which I was adamant I didn't want to sit in because I hate that movie. <laughs> I'm like a kid. Do you get like that? What do you mean? So, like, if I see a carriage, I'm like, oh, that one's good. Oh, yeah, I'm not going in that one. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad it's not just me. Um, so, yes. So uh, I, mean, I hate that Ferris wheel anyway. But oh my goodness! <laughs> if you don't like heights or you suffer from motion do not, sickness, oh, not, Ferris not even like I don't suffer from motion sickness on rides, but I do get car sick and seasick. And oh my goodness, don't go on that Ferris wheel. It oh it yeah. I I hate heights, and I went on it and just worst worst 10 minutes of my life yeah and I remember it got round and I was like thank god I can get off and then it goes round again yeah so it goes round once to load everyone and then you have your ride and then you can get off it's awful so they have a choice of static carriages and swinging carriages and we didn't realise and obviously we were on the swinging carriage oh my god and we were sat in it and we were with um, an Asian guy um, and he didn't speak any English he was with his granddaughter and he just kept going every time it was a really windy day it was so windy that they had actually threatened to not have fireworks that day wow that's how windy it was and um yeah oh every like every second and then there was me like ah 
oh it was quite a noisy carriage to be in um yeah no don't oh, oh no Sounds hideous. Oh, you, can, you can miss that and just admire the wheel from afar it's a lovely yeah. sight get a photo with it but yeah don't go on it unless you like that kind of thing lovely well the other thing that i want to ask you about is because again when i last went um not much marvel there so obviously now we've got the guardians of the galaxy ride which was formerly the tower of terror um how is that sort of different to the tower of terror because i've not been on the guardians of the galaxy so i was very upset actually when they announced the guardians of the galaxy was going to be replacing um the tower of terror so the official Mm -hmm. name of the ride is guardians of the galaxy mission breakout for those of you that are guardians fans that have seen the movie uh the premise is that the guardians have been captured by the collector for his museum um and they want to break out that's it nice and simple so yeah as i say i was very upset when i heard that the tower of terror was going to be closing it's one of my favorite attractions and um i was pleased it was in california because it was a park i didn't think i would be visiting or wouldn't visit often mm-hmm. um rather selfishly of me but on the flip side of that when i realized i was going and i got to go on it i was really intrigued i am a really big guardians fan so i wanted to see what they'd done with it i preferred it did the you tower of terror really i'm quite surprised by that yeah i i love what did you art. prefer did you it's prefer great. the story or everything everything wow. is okay. amazing so my biggest issue with it like overall is i'm a little bit dubious about reskins and i was the same with the Incredicoaster. Agreed. i was like how are they yeah. gonna do it and my biggest issue is it looks like the tower of terror Mm -hmm. it is the tower of terror they've just slapped some guardians on it how stupid you know that was that's they were my thoughts prior to going on it it's done excellently it's disney of course it is but it's it is done better It, it completely surpassed my expectations so the building if you didn't know it was the tower of terror at any point you there would be no reason for you to suspect it's very well done it's been completely repainted they've got all of the different kind of guardian symbols and pipes and things all over it you would never know it was the tower of terror unless you had been to disneyland before there'd be no reason sure. for you to suspect that it had been another attraction uh-huh. so that's the most important thing i think the same when you get into the first section so what used to be the foyer of the yeah. hotel that's now the collector's collection if you will um and there's loads of really interesting things to look at in there they've got loki's um kind of outfit hanging and they've got like a golden retriever astronaut type mannequin thing i think appears in one of the guardians really cool space you then enter what was the library right and that's where the fun really starts to begin and i don't want to spoil this too much for people that haven't been on the attraction but let's just say there's a little visit from our friend rocket raccoon Mm -hmm. it's excellently executed fantastic animatronic um like up there with the animatronics from the parts of the caribbean and shanghai wow really great technology some of the stuff that it does you're like how did that just happen yeah really nice bits what i would say is if you are going on that attraction anytime soon just make sure you check the cabinet before you rush out to get on the ride because a really cute thing happens there Ooh. and you could miss it quite easily when you kind of get onto the attraction um so that brings us to the attraction the actual queue line 
I always didn't understand that with Tower Terrace. You kind of go into like the service room. Yeah. And it always felt a little bit like a cop out. I wanted to be in like a glamorous corridor with all the rooms of the hotel. I know, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, why do they take you there? And actually, that now serves a purpose. It fits better with Guardians because the whole point is you're going into the back to break out the Guardians. Right. So it it actually fits that better, I would say. Uh, Then you get on the ride, and this is the bit that completely blew my mind and I don't know how they've done this the ride is different in terms of the mechanic okay so you go up and down obviously um but you know how on the Tower of Terror you you go up and there's a little bit of a story yeah you drop yeah the minute this thing is live the minute you're strapped in off you go it's constant it's much more um you know if 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 you're a bit queasy on the tower of terror i wouldn't recommend this for you because it's more intense that's interesting i didn't know that yeah i don't know how they've done that i've got no idea and it's funny actually i was speaking to somebody again another annual pass holder um who said that they can't ride that attraction anymore now because they get motion sickness but they had no problem on tower of terror and a little bit of that could be to do with the fact that there's lots of screens used in it now and I know sometimes the screen technology can yes, make people motion sure. sick. But it's it's amazing. Storyline's great. I mean, I got to look at Chris Pratt for five minutes, so that was great. <laughs> um, yeah, the music's different every time you go on it as well. So I think that really adds to the ride because yeah. I think one of the things that everybody loves about Guardians of the Galaxy is that awesome soundtrack. Yeah. So that's brought into the ride. I think the um, actual what you see on the the screens during the attraction varies depending on what song you've got as well okay so it's interactive in the same way that star tours is you still get that amazing shot of the disneyland park at the end with the doors opening um but yeah much more intense much more interactive different every time yeah awesome ride loved it cool good to know i think that's a really great um little piece of information about it sort of being a different ride almost yeah i would have gone on it expecting to be the same absolutely um let's talk a little bit about shows so you mentioned that you saw the frozen show i presume that was showing at the theater in california adventure correct yeah yeah so how was that oh my god it was so good was it oh my god have you seen it no oh my god because it frozen wasn't even out when i last went so last time i went it was aladdin which was amazing as well yeah this was the shows they put on in there are really, really yeah, good. They I mean, are, like, Broadway Absolutely. Quality. I mean, you're in LA. You've got yeah, talented true. actors. Um, and the, the, the characters get treated like that as well. Like, um, <laughs> another annual pass holder I met <laughs> um, in the queue for Frozen. We were talking to her for a really long time, actually. She was, um, yeah, she was telling us, like, the actors that play in the Frozen show have got big followings on Instagram and things. And they wow. almost look to see who's going to be playing. And it, it did yeah. feel like that thing of the West End where you've got your cast and, oh, who's going to be playing uh-huh. this one? And it, I remember when it started, she actually sat with Chris and I because she was on her own. So I invited her to sit with us. And she was like, oh, this this Kristoff's really good. Like, she knew the cast. Oh, really? Stuff. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, it is treated very much like a West End or Broadway show. Now, those of you that know my boyfriend will know how great this show is based on what I'm about to say. Those of you that um, are new to the podcast and don't know him, I'm sure I've got a pretty good idea too because I've mentioned he's not the biggest Disney fan. He's a little bit grumpy um, and princesses are something that he has a particular disdain for. Um, The second day that we went to California Adventure, which was actually our third day, we did both parks on the last day, um, we were kind of looking around at what we wanted to do again and um, he actually said to me, shall we do the Frozen show again? 
Did he? Yeah. <laughs> I, like that. That is how much he absolutely was like taken with it. Yeah. He was like, well, you know, it's like West End Broadway quality, and I was like, yeah, but you want to see it again? Like that. This is a that is that is big shocking. deal. Big yeah. big deal. Um, no, it was. Oh my goodness. I the way that I let it go as well. Like the 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 little tricks and things that they did again. I don't want to spoil it for anyone that's going. Yeah. But um. Elsa's ice powers came alive mm-hmm. on stage. You had the the dress change and the every yeah, wow. it was amazing. Loved it. Excellent. Really good show. And then other shows. So a world of color, Fantasmic. What did you think of those? So I saw World of Color. Um, I was really happy to see it actually because it has been down for a really long time. There was a technical difficulty yeah. that occurred last year, and the ride was meant to be coming back for Christmas, and then it was delayed again. It was then meant to be coming back in the new year, and it was delayed. So the fact that I was able to see that show I was super super lucky um World of Colour is something that growing up Tash has kind of rammed down my throat a little bit I loved World of Colour when I first but I I didn't first see it until again 2015 um and I didn't know I had no expectations didn't really know anything about it and went to see it and was literally blown away by it and then loved it so much that we stayed for the second showing that evening. No, you like, didn't. Yeah, because we loved because we had a really bad we were had a really bad place. We couldn't really see it, so it was actually Benji, my husband, who was like, "I want to see it again." Wow. Um, so yeah, so we loved it, but kind of as our, as we kind of briefly mentioned earlier, we haven't really discussed any of this stuff previously. But um, in now, I've seen sort of them use that technology with projecting images onto water, sort of in Shanghai with the fireworks. I don't know maybe if I would find it as impressive now because it is just that with the music it's not got the fireworks or anything but can I, I don't know I love it can I can I guess yeah I don't think you would find it as impressive because no. I was very disappointed were you it's nice it's it's fine it's yeah. you know it's entertaining but as you've just said that technology is used in the fireworks in Shanghai that technology is used in Fantasmic yeah that technology unfortunately and we're becoming a greedy audience it's like I said with Pirates we of the are, Caribbean we are. we're expecting more and more give us more give us more and unfortunately I don't think that show with just that water technology anymore is, is, is cutting it it needs no. something else it needs you know Mickey with fireworks and dragons and you know a boat needs to erupt out of the water and we need like the i don't know it, need, it needs a bit of elevation i think i think i can see if, if it was the first time you were seeing um that technology definitely used. and I, I do like as well the message you know the world of color is talking about obviously the Walt disney company kind of invented technicolor well they're yeah. the first people to use it yeah um in their animations and things and, and it does have a lot of like fantasia sequences and stuff but obviously for me that's like oh fantasia authentic and for chrissy's like what is this rubbish uh-huh. so it's not i would say it wasn't a highlight yeah fantasmic i had seen before in orlando um, there are some pretty big differences between the Orlando version and the, the version in Anaheim that I saw. Um, and I would say I preferred the California okay. Anaheim what version. What was it you preferred about it? I don't, again, don't want to give too much away, but there's two pretty big, big significant things that happen. Uh, one is during a villain sequence and one is during a Pirates of the Caribbean sequence and both of them blew my mind. Okay. They were amazing. I've yeah. never seen anything like that and I loved it. Um, we actually, for the Fantasmic show, we wanted to have a really good seat. Um, so we did the Blue Bayou dining package. Yeah. It's very expensive. Um, it cost us 
well over a hundred pounds to do um the food was good i wouldn't say it was worth the money but the minute Fanta- uh, fantasia fantasmic started i was happy that we had done that because we wouldn't have got the seat we were literally at the front there was nobody in front of me no annoying kids on their parents shoulders no phones being held up i had the perfect view and i would pay that money again it does too. make such a difference yeah. doesn't it it does it really kind does. of ruin it this whole thing that we have nowadays where everything's got to be filmed on a phone or an ipad i'm completely. gonna say something to you listeners okay you guys go to disneyland you like disney do me a favor and this isn't just disney actually this is any theme park or concert that you go to from now on please 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 do not try and take pictures do not pick up your phone do not video the show and i'll tell you why i know you want to show your friends i know you want to show your family but you will never record it as well as some of these people on youtube there are hd versions of these shows on youtube that will be 50 times better than anything you can film on your iphone so watch that instead really live the memories through that and said enjoy the show you yeah. can't enjoy the show behind a lens and it distracts other people the people behind you all they get is an iphone in their face yeah. the one the one that gets me is when people film rides and oh, again yes. i think it's again i'll speak about it in a few weeks when we talk about shanghai disneyland because it's very prevalent there but going on pirates of the caribbean and being at the back of the boat and all you can see in front of you is phones filming it just it completely takes the magic out of it and completely ruins it but anyway that we we actually we did have somebody in um i think it was pirates as well as you say somebody at the front of the boat it might have been yeah i think it was pirates yeah and somebody actually was like put their phone away and i was like yeah everyone's like (laughs) cheering honestly guys come on if we can do our bit for the disney community let's put our phones away there are pov videos of these rides on youtube i've said it enough now please do this and you will have good fortune agreed agreed (laughs) um one other sort of jumping around a little bit here but one other thing that we kind of missed over um when we were talking about california adventure is cars land oh yeah Um, that had only very recently opened when i last went um and i remember it was a real struggle to get a fast pass for the main cars ride um that was the only thing that was really there i believe at the time um and we had to wait for like two hours to ride it but i do remember that being a very good ride um what were sort of your thoughts on that so you were talking about the radiator springs that's the one yeah races so that had like a three hour queue yeah pretty much the whole time we were there um we were pretty much arriving at the parks at like 8 a.m every day yeah uh to beat the crowd so we got to California Adventure on the Thursday, went straight over to the Radiator Springs Radiators, Radiator Spring Radiators. <laughs> I'm really not with it. I'm sorry. I'm still, probably, still jet lagged. Yeah, probably. Um, the Radiator Springs Racers got the fast pass. Then we went over to Guardians and had like a 10 minute queue. So that was great. And then we got to ride the attraction after that. It was great. It was really, really good. It's not worth a three hour queue. If you do find yourself in Disneyland and the only way you can go on it is a three hour queue, probably wouldn't recommend it but it is a really really good attraction i loved that whole cars land it is so well executed it is very well done if yeah. you stand like right at, at the back end if you will of cars land and look straight down that strip of road with the traffic light hanging above you and all of the different doors on the left and right it's exactly identical to that scene in the first cars movie and i really yeah, appreciated I that about. yeah it was great um i really loved that and i would actually say if you do go to disneyland california adventure um 
I would recommend going back to Cars Land in the evening, not necessarily to ride anything, but just to look at it. I would agree with that. I think we spend well, most of our evenings there, and yeah, it's better yeah, in the evening. Definitely. Um, another little tip as well, if you are in the area, um, go for cocktails at the Lamplight Lounge in the evening. I've got some really gorgeous photos of the main Ferris wheel and Pixar Pier really nicely lit um, and it was a really nice place to just sit have a cocktail and look at this amazing park and think wow we're here we did it we got here this is awesome having a great time really nice place to reflect nice perfect so the next thing i have to ask you about which i'm dying to hear all about because it's something that i've never done um the walk in waltz footsteps tour so ah, yes. um i think we might have mentioned this last week i'm not sure yeah, I think so we did. chris surprised you with this for valentine's day didn't he he did so can you basically just tell me everything <laughs> okay so essentially the walk in waltz footsteps tour is the only way that you can visit walt disney's um, apartment above the fire station on Main Street USA so I was doing it I needed to get in mm-hmm. that apartment whatever was gonna you know push come to shove I needed to go in there so when Chris booked it for me I, I was kind of umming and ahhing and I was like it's so much money and it's gonna really eat into our time because it is a three-hour tour yeah um, and we only had the three days and yeah he booked it for me because he was like you would have regretted it if you hadn't and i was like okay fine you're right and i'm so so glad that i did um so just to give you a really quick overview of what the tour entails um you arrive at disneyland i I think it was 9 30 that my tour started you let them know your food preferences what you'd like to have for lunch that kind of thing any dietary requirements that you have and then you kick off with the tour so you're given an audio and you can hear your tour guide through the audio which is super helpful because obviously you can imagine there's lots of background noise and things you're in the center of disneyland so lots of things are going on you're in a group of about 10 people so it's quite small and you start off in Main Street USA and in and amongst your tour guide chatting to you and telling you little bits of information and facts and things, you hear clips from Walt Disney himself. So his opening day speech that he um, gave on, on, on the park opening day, um, his visions for what he wants Disneyland to be, what he wants people to get out of it, um, how he had depicted Main Street, what where that comes from, that kind of stuff. You make your way through Main Street, you would normally go to the castle but obviously castle wasn't there um well it was there but hidden um you then go into fantasyland same kind of thing you hear clips of Walt Disney talking about fantasyland fantasyland for him was really the piece de resistance that was the bit of the park that he was most proud of and he really wanted people to fully immerse themselves into you then walk over towards frontierland adventureland you then board the um the Disney railroad back towards Tomorrowland uh, get off in Tomorrowland same thing listen to all talk about it you finish off in Main Street there are a few attractions along the way I might add as well we went on the Alice ride and we went in the Tiki Room as well mm-hmm. the Tiki Room has won the award from It's a Small World it's taken it as my worst attraction really? I hate it <laughs> hate I know hate's a strong word <laughs> I mean, I hate it. I can I can completely understand what you're saying. Like it it doesn't just doesn't really it doesn't strike anything with me. The tiki room it's it's I a nice understand. place like if it's too hot, yeah. You could sit there and eat some dole whip maybe. Yeah. Shall I tell you an interesting fact actually that I learned sure. on the tour about the the tiki room? Yeah. 
when Walt originally devised kind of the tiki room and came up with it it was meant to be a restaurant oh really and that makes so much more sense yeah to me it's yeah. kind of like rainforest cafe uh-huh but with birds yeah i hate the tiki room i don't care who i annoy with that i hate it so you hate the tiki room <laughs> anyway. I think that's I think that's fair I'd say okay thanks if you like the tiki room please get in touch and tell me try and sell it to me um, so yeah so we finished uh, in Tomorrowland made our way back towards Main Street um, we then stood with some portraits of Walt um, that were located in like a little gallery on the right hand side of Main Street USA um and kind of heard you know about his final moments um and that kind of thing which was very emotive there were lots of tears obviously we all know how Walt's story ends we know he's not around anymore but it was still really sad listening to kind of his final speeches and yeah. things on the audio and, and that kind of thing then half of the group went for lunch and my half of the group got to go to the apartment first which i was pleased about obviously i always want to be first for everything <laughs> so that was good went into the apartment um, I have got one picture um, of myself in Walt Disney's apartment, which I will post to our Twitter and our Instagram account. Um, we were only allowed one photo while we were in there oh, really? and it had to be taken by the cast member. Uh-huh. Um, so I will share that for those of you that are interested. In terms of what the apartment's like, um, it's a very kind of Victorian, early 1900s feel yeah. in terms of the decor. Um, it was heavily influenced by the set designer um, who worked on Mary Poppins, can't remember his name, but he he basically um, did the interior design and, and Lillian, Walt's wife, also had a really big influence. Um, and they told us, although her name was Lily, her favorite flower was roses. So mm. there are roses everywhere in this yeah. place. It's, it's a red and cream um, scheme and the bathroom as well is a really nice kind of pink suite because it was you know 60s 50s yeah. 60s that kind of time um what i didn't know um i don't know that many people know this is that actually before walt disney's death he appreciated that the apartment above the fire station was quite small and it is is tiny yeah. um and he wanted somewhere else as well that he could not be disturbed i think people all of the cast members knew about walt's apartment um there was that famous lamp that he has in the window yes and when that was lit it meant that walt was there and when it was off it meant that he he wasn't um and so people got to know that he was there people People would bug him so he wanted to have another apartment for entertaining as well that would be located in new orleans square mm-hmm. which is why club 33 exists oh i see so that was meant to be somewhere that walt could entertain there was going to be a jazz club up yeah. there and another apartment yeah so he could kind of seamlessly get around sure above the uh, shops in the new orleans square without people disturbing him that okay. kind of thing unfortunately that never happened because Walt passed away but there is Club 33 there as a kind of homage to that yeah. idea so that was quite interesting um, so yeah and then we had lunch we had lunch from the Jolly Holiday uh, Holiday Bakery we didn't have it there we had it in a separate tour gardens section um, I had a really lovely sandwich a fruit cup and I also got to sample the Matterhorn Macaroon Ooh. which was so tasty it was white chocolate and coconut nice delicious I ate so much food yeah yeah so much any other sort standout food yeah well everything that i ate for food and wine was really good i would highly recommend the salt and vinegar parmesan chicken wings i know that sounds weird 
that does sound weird <laughs> they were good though they were really really good um i went to the donut car in front of the castle yeah that's quite famous especially yeah. for those of you that are on instagram because they change their donuts every yes. day so you can get doll whip donut mm-hmm. you can get all sorts um when i went they were doing uh special mickey and friends 90th birthday donut so i had the Minnie mouse strawberry and lemonade donut nice which was good um i had all the classics i had doll whip I tried the grey stuff. Yeah. It was, was it delicious? It was average at oh. best. I guess try, try the, the grey stuff, stuff it's average. at best. <laughs> Doesn't rhyme, does it? Try the grey stuff, it's mediocre. <laughs> it wasn't great. It didn't really taste of anything, but I had to have it. It's one of those things you have to have. I uh, had beignets. I had all of the kind of Disneyland must-dos. Yeah. I would just quickly add, um, I when I was on the Theme Park Trader podcast, we spoke quite a lot about food. And um, one of the things that I said was I was a bit nervous because the food in Shanghai and the food in Paris is not great. Yes. And Disney had kind of disappointed me recently with food based on that. But California, oh my, the food there is excellent. Yeah, I remember never having any complaints about the food in California again. I can't really remember specific places that I've eaten or specific things that I've had, but I do remember noticing a difference between that and shanghai yeah so, shanghai being noticeably yeah. not so good especially at like the quick dine places and don't get me wrong there are still some quick dine places in disneyland that we didn't eat at because i had heard negative reviews and things i had been very selective yeah. with my food choices uh on the first day we pretty much just snacked because we had that sip and save pass yeah. so we ate all of the food from the food and wine the only thing i ate at food and wine and i ate a lot that wasn't good was i had the ghost pepper mac and cheese and I didn't know what ghost pepper was. Oh, no. And I had to throw it away. Oh, if no. you don't know what ghost pepper is, like me, it's, like, chilli, but it's... It's, up- like, the spiciest chilli, isn't it? Yeah. So Chris and I, like, love spicy food. Like, if I make a chilli at home, he's like, more chilli in there, more... Mm-hmm. You know, we eat a lot. Of, we like fire in our dinner. This was another level. I had to throw it away. It was yeah, too much. Mac and cheese was still good, but the ghost pepper on the top, not for me. Um. So, yeah, we ate uh, pretty much exclusively at the Food and Wine Kia on the day at California Adventure yeah as I've already briefly mentioned at Disneyland we ate a Blue Bayou which is kind of you know one of the flagship restaurants there it is pricey I think if you're doing it as a Fantasmic package it's worth it I would highly recommend the lamb um, and then on the third day we still had a couple of food and wine passes left so we ate there and I can't remember what I got for dinner but I'm sure it was good because I the fact that I don't remember means that, you know, it wasn't awful. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I like the way I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, before we sort of finish this little section on, um, or rather long section on Disneyland, <laughs> California, any sort of last tips, uh, tricks, sort of advice for people who are sort of going in the next few months? I would highly recommend that you do four days if it's your first time. So I did three. Obviously, I did have the tour in there, which was three hours long. So that took a little bit of time. I agree, but I think I've always done four. Yeah, I did not have enough time. I needed another day. I felt very emotional when we left. Um, I needed another day, definitely. I would recommend four days. You need a day just because you need your first day for Disneyland, second day for California Adventure third day to park hop and then you also need a day where you can just kind of take it all in that's and enjoy I, it like, that's what I mean this is one yeah. thing and again I'll talk about this more with Shanghai but when you go to Disneyland you, you rush around so much because you want to get everything done you kind of don't get much chance to just kind of stop and appreciate the little things and there are so many little things that you start to notice when you really pay attention but unfortunately if you're on limited time that's kind of taken away from you so I would agree four days is always a yeah. good 
good one to go for definitely the next thing that i would also um advise to those of you that have been to other parks is because downtown disney is so small it doesn't have all of the merchandise and i cannot stress this enough there are lots of things i wanted to buy that i thought oh no it's fine i'll buy it in the world of disney on the last day because as i say we went to downtown disney on the last day and i couldn't get it because i didn't have it and i didn't have entry to the park so that was that i couldn't Uh buy it i was really upset especially some of the food and wine stuff you could only buy that at the food and wine festival in california adventure and there was an oven mitt that i wanted there was a tea towel i wanted there were some ears i wanted yeah if anyone's listening from california that can send me these things please please (laughs) please um so yeah i was really really upset about that so that's another tip as well um if you see some merchandise buy it because each store is unique yeah sure um the other thing i want to quickly ask you about as well now we've sort of done most of california is because you also went to san francisco i did and you went to the walt disney family museum i did um can you just sort of talk a little bit about that because again that's something even though i've been to san francisco i've never done it i wasn't even aware of it until i think maybe last year um and again i feel like it doesn't get a lot of exposure for whatever reason so can you just sort of yeah tell me a little bit about that yeah sure so it is quite a new thing so diane disney miller um who was walt disney and lillian disney's eldest daughter um basically she devised the walt disney family museum in san francisco i believe the family live in san francisco which is why it's there mm-hmm. um it was essentially just somewhere that she wanted to be able to house all of her father's achievements and and you know his belongings and things so that the fans could enjoy them um so you walk in and straight away in the kind of um foyer the oscars are there all wow. of his oscars are there and this is really embarrassing actually i spent I think about 45 minutes in this room Mm -hmm. with all the Oscars and awards because I thought that was the museum. (laughs) I swear to God, I literally was looking at everything. I was thinking, this is amazing, but... Bit small. (laughs) Yeah, and I got round and then this guy was like, oh, madam, could I take your ticket? And I thought, why is he taking my ticket? I've seen it now. I'm, I'm... oh this is the oh right now i'm going into the museum that was just like anyone could go in there Uh so yeah the actual museum is disneyland standard in terms of execution and there's lots of interactive bits of um you know uh things for kids to do as well which i think is important and it takes you through um walt disney's life in a kind of chronological order you start off with uh his parents and his background you get to the mickey mouse cartoons there's a huge section on snow white huge section on mary poppins i had no idea how instrumental Mary Poppins was in Walt Disney's career that is essentially how he got the money to create um, the parks wow well, I didn't know that either. to expand the parks yeah. um, certainly Disneyland and to, to make Florida oh. it's all down to Mary Poppins um, I also learned that Walt Disney loved to ski and he actually um, helped to build the ski resort that I went to in Lake Tahoe. Oh, really? How crazy is that? That is crazy. Like, of all the ski resorts, we went yeah. to Score Valley, which was the ski resort from the 1960s Winter Olympics in California. And because um, Walt had had such success with Disneyland, and obviously that was kind of a built town, they wanted to build something similar, like a community in Score Valley, so visitors could shop and dine and whatever. And they thought, oh, we'll, we'll check in with Walt Disney. He's made Disneyland. That's a success. They have thousands of visitors every day um and so that yeah he helped to build that resort which wow is crazy for me really sounds special. like disney kind of followed you around on your whole trip yeah so so my boyfriend grumpy um he said i feel like i'm on like a walt disney pilgrimage or something <laughs> like everywhere we're going san francisco's got the museum uh-huh. even the ski resort he built um and it does feel like that in california there's little like you know homages and and it 
little nods to him everywhere in downtown LA you've got the Walt Disney Concert Hall yeah. and that was built after his death by his wife Lily and she donated a big amount of money for that to be built so yeah there's lots of um, presence of him within California definitely, for sure definitely. so we will wrap that up now and we will move on to our final segment of the episode Quizimodo <laughs> So as we've spoken so much about Walt Disney, the person, I thought we would do a Walt Disney quiz. Sounds pretty good to me. Okay, so it is pretty much California specific as obviously that's kind of where he lived out his his days. Um, So yeah, I've got a few questions for you prepared. I've got a few for you as well. So feel free to play along at home, pause the podcast after each question and see if you can get the right answers and don't forget to tweet us and let us know how well you did. And if you think we've done really badly as well, please, you know, we apologise. Okay, so first question, nice and easy one for you as the California expert. Uh, What year did Walt Disney open Disneyland? Disneyland opened in 1955? Yes. Yes. That's really good. See, I don't remember that. I have to remind myself that it's the year that Marty McFly went back in time, Back to the Future. That's how I remember it. I mean, whatever helps you remember it. Yeah, Um, right? Yeah. Okay, great. Well, yeah, that was easier than I thought. Okay, so we're off to a good start. So I'm going to ask you one for you now. What were the names of Walt Disney's two daughters? Okay, so if you are playing along at home, I've actually mentioned one already, so you should have one. So here's... See how well you're listening. Yeah. (laughs) You can go back and cheat if you really want. Um, So his eldest daughter was Diane um, and she was his only biological daughter I learned as well Um, and then his adopted daughter the younger daughter was Sharon Um, I actually didn't realise this and it was really sad I found this out after the museum they're both dead are they? yeah I didn't know that so Sharon died quite prematurely I think she was only in her like 40s or 50s of breast cancer and then Diane died literally like two years ago and her husband died like a week or two before I went to the museum really? yeah oh I didn't know that so it made it a bit sad actually because she curated it and everything yeah I didn't know that okay uh, I will ask you another question so I learnt this during the Walk in Walt's Disney's Footsteps tour. Yeah. Um, and there are many different answers to this, so maybe you at home do have a different answer. But my question is, can you name one of the problems that Disney encountered on the grand opening of Disneyland in California in 1955? Ooh, good question. Um, I know there was a problem with... It wasn't overselling tickets, fraudulent tickets. Yes. People were making yeah. fraudulent tickets. Yes, that's absolutely And I on. know um, as well they had a problem with, um, oh, was it plumbers? Not plumbers, but like, yeah, yeah. Plumber, like the plumbing. Yes. There was a problem with that and people going on strike. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, I know there's I know there's a whole list of yeah, no, things. Yeah, no, that's I've pretty good. I've heard it before, but they're the two I can think of off yeah. the top of my head. No, they're really good. The only one that I knew about before was the plumbing, because there's yeah. that famous quote where I think what like the head plumber said to Walt, well, you can have toilets or water fountains, but we're not going to get this done in time. And he yes, was like, we can sell right. them soda, <laughs> but we can't have them peeing in Main Street USA. Like, get the toilets working. So I knew that. I didn't know about the fraudulent ticket issue, but you're, you're absolutely right. So for opening 
Opening Day, Walt Disney had allowed um, for a certain amount of guests. Lots of people were creating fraudulent tickets, which meant that the capacity on the day was maybe quadruple what they had imagined. And um, also there was a farmer who worked like literally in the land just off and he worked out that if he could charge people to climb yeah. over the ladder mm-hmm. to get into the park, that would probably be quite a profitable day for him. So I think the figure that we were told was in like, I'm going to get this wrong, but I think it was like the first week of opening, they'd had over a million guests. Wow. Which is just nuts. That, um, that really is quite So nuts, you can imagine it? the capacity. And there were loads of things as well. Like on the day of opening, the, set, the ground wasn't set on Main Street USA. Yeah. So they had women walking on the ground and their heels were getting stuck in the cement. Yeah. So they literally were like it was absolute pandemonium rides were breaking down all kinds of things were happening but the most interesting thing of all of this was Walt Disney didn't have a clue that this was happening until he read it in the papers yeah and then he went mental (laughs) as you would cool okay next question for you so when Disney first started, um, there was a team of people called the Nine Old Men. Mm-hmm. Can you name me two of them? I can. Um, I actually don't know if Walt Disney counts as one of the Nine Old Men or if it's like the Nine Old Men and Disney or is he one? Actually, you make a very good point. I'm not sure. I've only heard of them as referred to as the Nine Old Men. Same. So We'll, we'll pretend he isn't. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I can name Milt Carl, who... Um, is he the guy that wears the like really round glasses and all the Disney DVD commentaries or is that somebody else? I think that's someone else. I don't know if that's him. I feel like that's someone else. I know I know that that name is right, but I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. No, I feel, <laughs> I feel like that guy's name begins with a W. I can't remember. Yeah. Um and Frank Thomas. Correct. Thanks. Well Thanks done. Very much. Thank you. Okay, um, do you want to ask me one? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I'll, I'm going to keep in the Disneyland section yeah. because obviously, yeah, you love it so much. Can you name yeah. any of the original attractions? So not just attractions because you've got things like Pirates of the Caribbean that Walt Disney came up with, yeah. but that wasn't built till the 60s. Yeah. So can you think of any attractions that were there on opening day? Um, the carousel yes. was one. Yes. Um, the King Arthur carousel. I don't know if it was King Arthur's carousel on opening know. day. I don't, I don't know either. Know if it's that now. All um, I know about the... It is still King Arthur now. Cool. The only thing I know about that carousel, um, and I learned this on the tour as well, is it's actually the oldest ride in the park by a long stretch. Oh, really? it was taken from another park. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Interesting. Yeah. So mm. I think Walt Disney purchased it for yeah. um, Disneyland. So oh, yeah. there we go. Cool. Okay. Final question for you. Um, I mentioned that in the tour, I got really emotional at the end because we heard a clip um, from Walt Disney um, and or yeah, I, I don't know if you're going to know this though. Um, so basically before he passed away, yeah. um, there was a project that he didn't get to see fully realized yeah because it was kind of on the back burner he wanted it to be made but then he died right but it was something he was super passionate about yeah do you know what it is um was it florida yeah florida yeah yeah Yeah, that's it it's the florida project um and more specifically it was his experimental prototype community of tomorrow which was Epcot. Um, but unfortunately, that never got made. We do have an Epcot today, but the Epcot that we have is not what we had envisioned. And we will be talking about that a lot more next week in our Florida episode.
episode so thank you everyone for listening to our second episode i hope that you've enjoyed and if you're going to california soon i hope that mercedes has given you some tips and tricks for your tip your your, uh, for your trip to california tongue twister don't forget to tweet us and let us know if you've been if you've had similar experiences we're always keen to know sort of your opinions on these things as well so you can always get in touch Yes, our Twitter is at ChatDisneyUK. Our Instagram is at ChatDisney. You can also find both myself and Hash on Instagram. I have Twitter. You do not have Twitter, do you? I'm, yeah, I'm very new to the Twitter Twitter sphere. Twitter sphere. Yeah. I like that. I like mm-hmm. that. Um, you can also find us on ChatDisney.co.uk where we post all of our episodes week by week. If you do have any questions, as Tash said, or things that you'd like to be featured in future episodes, please do let us know and we will join you next week with our Florida episode three. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye.